Today's episode of The Adventures of Alice and Bob is sponsored by Optive Security. As a global leader in cyber advisory and solutions, Optive provides strategic and technical expertise to over 6,000 companies across all major industries. With Optive, you can accelerate your business security programs like no other partner can. Thanks for listening. Hi there, and welcome to this super exciting edition of The Adventures of Alice and Bob. This very special episode is brought to you straight from our lively podcast booth at the Go Beyond Conference, situated in sunny Miami. My dynamic co-host Mark and I were delighted to reunite with our cherished podcast friend, the remarkable 16-year-old hacker Bianca Lewis, who also delivered an inspiring keynote address. Not only that, but we also got the chance to hang out with the visionary Sam Elliott, the head of product management at Beyond Trust. So without further ado, let's dive straight into this thrilling experience. Um, so why don't we kick off with a round of introductions and Bianca, we'll start with you. Okay, hi, I'm Bianca, or my hacker handle is BSILab. I'm a 16-year-old hacker and maker, and I am the CEO of Girls Who Hack. Amazing. Super awesome. I'm Sam Elliott, and I lead uh, product management for Beyond Trust. Mark Mayfrey, CTO of Beyond Trust. And uh, I also was featured as the old guy hacker when we <laughs> shared the uh, screen in a Vice video, which was awesome. It was basically my first time meeting you in person, which is super, super cool. Not no, this is exciting. Bit, yeah. And I'm like almost like taller than you, which is kind oh, of... Oh my, God. oh my God. We're starting early. We're starting early <laughs> here. It's a battle. <laughs> yeah. I'm a thin mill. Bianca to Mark. Taller. I'm taller, but I'm old, so you slouch. It's, it's a thing. You'll so, see. So old hacker in the corner. Um, do you still consider yourself to be the old hacker in the corner? Or I th- how have things changed for you? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Because I always think like like hacking or, or like central to hacking is just about being curious and wanting to know how things work and pulling things apart maybe a little mischievous and trying to make things uh, work in a way that they weren't like intended to. So yeah, most definitely. Dif- different than the teenage version of myself, but still. So, so the old Jedi and the young Padwan here. So <laughs> how, uh, how do you think, th- uh, think things have changed since the last time you recorded a Vice video? Oh my goodness, that was back in was 21, like, I think, because yeah. that was like two years ago. So I was 14 at the time, now it's I'm 16. Oh my God. Um, I think the biggest difference is now I'm about to graduate high school next month. Oh wow, congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah congrats. I'm, I'm homeschooled, which definitely helps. So I'm so excited to like finally stop worrying about all the school stuff and just focus more on my cyber things and all of my adventures before I go off to college. Oh, awesome. That's awesome, that's awesome. And Sam, my understanding is you were in some hacking early on or at least you were super nerdy in your own way you've told me some things definitely super. i'm not trying to out you but definitely you know definitely super nerdy i think uh yeah early on to maybe to, to date myself i was really enamored with os2 warp you remember that bad OS2 boy oh, warp wow. was fantastic yeah, that was good before times. my time Sam. yeah was that before your time just Kiko? just before my time <laughs> yeah i think uh i think some of the some of the most fun that we had was kind of back in the days of Remember Napster? That was a thing too. And uh, it's challenging to get music and uh, all the time that you wanted. Uh, and uh, back in the day, the universities had all of their IPs kind of publicly accessible, and so we did a lot of fun stuff like using using uh, real simple stuff like net use and and things of that nature to map drives and start dragging music off that you wanted. It was kind of 
uh, a free-for-all back then. Super cool. So no Spotify back then? No, there's no, yeah, no. no Spotify. You had, to, you had to build that collection if you wanted to listen to anything. You just had Samify. Yeah. Just random, random <laughs> SSH right. commands and town it across the internet. It'd be fine. Pirate all the different songs. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I had a, a bit of a fun start as well into my journey. So when I was at uh, well, what would be high school for you, I was kind of 14 years old. And uh, I first found my, my foray into playing with things by attacking a Noval Netware server and then realizing I probably shouldn't have done that when I had a very difficult conversation with our, our uh, principal, um, gosh, what were they called, headmaster for us in the UK. Sounds very formal when you say headmaster. <laughs> but our principal, what is this, Hogwarts? Yeah, it very much was Hogwarts. <laughs> I, I, the home counties were good to me. Um, but yeah, I found quickly that giving yourself elevated privileges is a really fun way to find more things in a network. So that was my first step into breaking things and, yeah, probably being on the wrong side of a computer misuse act. But thankfully, it was before it was written, so I'm good now. Dodged the bullet. <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. So um, <clears throat> I always like to kind of ask a very similar question to everybody. And, I mean, what's something you fundamentally disagree with, like a misconception about cybersecurity? Oh, geez. When anyone thinks about hacker, they think bad guy automatically in their brain, and they can't like connect in their brains hacker and cybersecurity. Do you think that's like two separate fields, but it's it's really the same thing? How about you, Sam? Boy, I'm thinking. I I think since Bianca's here and has has inspired me quite a bit, it's it's that it's only for guys. I love to mm. see, especially as the father of twin uh, thirteen year old girls who are super into stem and um you know very active in scratch which i know where bianca kind of got her start as well uh i think just like to see see more women in the field and 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 moving that direction i think is something yeah no i mean i, I agree is agree with the same have a, a three three-year-old daughter i think uh the security space is is um uh always uh changing always interesting always something uh uh, worth fighting for in its own way. Um, I definitely agree with you on the on the hacker front. I think it always is kind of like synonymous to people for like criminal or something like that versus with the like the real. Mask on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's there's a lot of bad bad cliches around it. And um, yeah, versus I always just kind of bring it back to like it's about being like curious and exploring and everything else, right? So, no, I de definitely agree with that. I guess a really good question for you as you're graduating high school is: Do you think? Do you think we've done enough to help educate children, teenagers, young adults around cybersecurity, coding development, and in general kind of, I guess, computer science principles? How have you found that in your education? Oh. Well, being homeschooled, it was a bit different for me, but back when I actually went to school up until sixth grade, um, I went to a private school, so it might be different for a public school, but I know a lot of schools have um, like intro to coding programs mm. and stuff at their computer labs that are more open and accessible and obviously growing up as a Gen Zer, everyone had to get used to tech related things during uh, 2020 with the COVID and everything. Um, I think it's good but it could be better. I think we're progressing in the right direction. I wish they had more like online safety classes. I think this is where I say I failed my typing class in, in school because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like in order to like pass your typing class, like you had to use like home row or whatever, like typing. And uh, the way I learned to type was, um, uh, I thought it was really cool one summer to like spray paint my keyboard, like all black. 
And then I realized after doing that, oh, oh crap, I don't know what any of the keys are. And so I learned really quickly in like a couple of weeks to like type without looking and everything else. I think it's like pretty cool, at least like the, the schools by where I live, like there's like actual programming classes and like other stuff that like just, it was kind of a thing when I was in school, but it, it didn't feel um, is like real world and applicable. And, and, and just like what you have online to like learn from, like whether like hack in the box or like other mm. resources that are like, you can literally yeah, you can go. Google anything. Yeah, like it's just, it's just awesome. Like the, the labs that are there. And, you know, I was kind of say like one of the biggest reasons I got into like the kind of illegally breaking into stuff is like you, you didn't have any of that unless you were going to like go explore the local university or something else, right? So it's just cool like what's out there now and like what you can learn from. And, you know, I, I think in some ways it's almost, it's overwhelming the number of things that you can kind of like consume information information wise and so it can sometimes distract from like what you're creating and i think that's one of the cool things with mm -hmm. you and everything that you've been doing is like you're very passionate about like actually creating stuff putting things back into the world and that's just awesome we need more of that it just kind of sucks um school funding is always like a big issue when it comes to extracurriculars and like I know some of my friends who go to public school has com have complained that like our Chromebooks are older than our parents. Like <laughs> we need like new equipment. So more school funding for these kind of programs 100%. is essential as well. 100%. I've got a good question for you. Do you think your level of experience and understanding would have been any different if you were kind of growing up in Mark's generation, my generation, Sam's? Like, how, how do you think having this availability of information has helped you, I guess is the question. Honestly, it helps that my dad brought me into this field because he works in cybersecurity and worked in AV and all tech-related things because he's a huge nerd like me. <laughs> um, but if I grew up back in your day... <laughs> back with the fossils. Um, <laughs> I think the whole less, like, uh, woman in tech would, like, definitely discourage me because yeah. um i'm not like a shy person but when it comes to just technical things i always kind of freak out like what if i don't know all the terms and everything so being in a class and being the only woman with a bunch of guys saying like oh and then this 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 and then just kind of being there is very discouraging so i don't know if i would have even been in cyber i'd probably do something completely different mm. I, I feel like you would because i don't think there's much that's going to stop you <laughs> so that's good. So if I ever miraculously like time travel or something, I'll keep that in mind. If you finally crack the code, get your flux capacitor, you'll be off. No, I, and I guess could follow on from that as well. Thinking of freely available information, what's the most recent thing you've taught somebody? Oh, taught somebody. What's the last class I did? Jeez, it's been a while. But, um, oh yeah, when I went to DefCon, I guess last year now or whenever that was, because it's in August. Um, they have the Diana initiative now, which is really cool. It's like basically DEF CON, but for women that happens right before DEF CON actually starts. And I got to teach my soldering class there and a uh, small spoiler alert, but um, I ran out of kits. I've taught all my classes, I've sold all my kits, but I have a new kit coming out uh, that's currently uh, like under construction and getting manufactured, but it says like Girls Who Hack, it's gonna be like pink, black, and purple. It's gonna look really cool. Oh, that's keep awesome. a watch out for that. That sounds awesome. So that's like the last thing I've done, but soldering is probably my favorite class to teach. That and anything to do with like lock picking, shimmying out of handcuffs. Yeah. I love anything hand-on where you can see your progress being done at that time you know and it's a cool skill to have like i can solder i can lock pick you know it's just kind of random how are, how are you for burning your fingers because i am terrible at just burning constantly when i solder are you okay with it now are you proficient <laughs> well <laughs> i i have generally kind of small hands but so so that helps but 
I, there was one time when I burned my hands, and ever since there, then I've learned my lesson. Um, I was in first grade when I first learned to solder, and I soldered like over 50 joints without burning myself. Then Dad's like, "Hey, grab the soldering iron." I thought it was off, and I uh, went and I grabbed it like a pencil. I've done that. And I burned my little yeah. hand, and I cried so much. And ever since then, whenever I'm with a soldering iron, I'm like hands shaking, like, "Okay, I'm fine." <laughs> But I've soldered enough to be over that fear at this point, honestly. It's a good lesson. It's a very good lesson. Don't mine, you mine, was a, mine was a cat that got me. Like, I was soldering something. Cat jumped up, hit Aww. me. I went to react to it, not thinking about it. And, uh, yeah, good times. Still love the cat, though. <laughs> I always find mines with the uh, gas-powered ones where I'm like, I turned that off ages ago. It should be cold now. And it is absolutely not. And for some reason, I always pick the smallest one that I can find because I'm like, oh, well, do this on this badge that I've broken. I was like, yeah, and I just burn my hands constantly, which is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's my sausage fingers. We, we don't know. Normally they're hidden on a podcast, but you can all see them today. So sorry. Um, Sam, Mark, how about you? What, what's the most recent thing you've taught somebody? I, I was just talking to a customer yesterday, in fact, about, we were talking the, about like some newer identity security stuff related to like uh, Azure AD, where you mm -hmm. have like, instead of service accounts, like on an on-prem environment, you have uh, Azure AD, like service principles and, there's all sorts of risk associated with like who has access to them, how does it actually work. So uh, it was it was in that in that realm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well received, I assume. <laughs> it was well received in the like super cool things for telling me like weren't familiar with it, and it was like a brand new. So it was like received, but I, I didn't like that they, they they left kind of I think more worried than I'd want them to versus like more you know educated to go look into it. So got got more to teach there, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Mark. How about you, Sam? Man, I don't know. That's I, I was trying to think while Mark, Mark was talking. Uh, since we've been talking about kind of getting getting kids into tech, uh, we recently fixed some controller drift on one of my daughter's uh, switch controllers, and that was super fun because I didn't expect uh, how much she would kind of gravitate into just even taking the thing apart and mm. working through through the different dis disassembly of the components and then replacing the joystick and. It was just awesome. a, a really cool experience, like, oh, and then we got done and it worked. And uh, uh, so super, super rewarding, both to show her that you can take stuff apart and not break it uh, and then put it back together and have the things work again. Yeah, I love how you're nurturing her curiosity mm. without just being like, no, don't open that. You're going to break it. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. We don't want to replace it. You're letting her, like, take it apart while yeah. watching over her totally. so she doesn't, like, Yeah, actually... to see her, like, open up and see that, oh, oh, man, I can do this. It was a, it was a super neat experience. I think that's one of the cool things these days with like all the different hardware type of stuff that you can do where it's mm. not just, you know, I don't know, like, like software is obviously amazing and being able to like write code that does something on a screen is cool. But the fact that there's so many hardware projects that you can do and you can see like yeah, a thing like in the world reacting to what you did and lights. like it's awesome. Yeah, it's like such a cool thing that exists. Especially with kids because they look at it and they're like, what's the point like i wrote some code like what's the point wow yeah. hello world this is such a revolutionary <laughs> thing <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor thanks for tuning in to the adventures of alice and bob sponsored by optive security optive provides best-in-class security technology and support to help clients eliminate cyber threats and disruption we're loving everyone's answers to the go beyond questions enjoy the rest of the episode and now, back to the show. I'm going to go a bit, bit deeper and a bit more thoughtful here. So, CEO, high school graduate, almost like next couple of weeks, you'll be, you'll be there. 
you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> so how do you find the motivation to keep going with that? What drives you? Ooh, what drives me? Um, I think, again, going back to the perks of being homeschooled, I'm allowed to sort of follow my curiosity without being forced to learn about things I don't want to learn about. Um, that's, again, another problem I see with my friends is them saying, like, well, we're forced to learn this, this, this in school, and I don't want to learn about this. Like, this doesn't spark my curiosity. So I'm interested in all things cyber, so I get to just, what am I curious about this week? Oh, how does this work? How do cloud servers work? And I can just Google it and go off on whatever my mind leads me to. And having great supportive friends also helps where I can just drone on and on for hours about all these different projects I'm working on without them just like brushing me off. How have you found kind of offering that advice to others? I guess when you're working through Girls Who Hack, you find that natural curiosity in somebody. What, what advice do you give to someone to keep following that curiosity? Um, I think the best thing anyone can do and that I do as well is I like to provide them with as many resources as possible because even though we have the internet and that's like endless resources, you don't know where to start because you can find a class like I've done this before. I Google like, oh, class on how this works. And then it's just a guy droning on and on saying complicated big words and you get discouraged like, oh, tech is too complicated. So just having more access to resources and classes that you can provide to um, your friends or kids or your own kids that's like oh you can look here and do this and do this and s sort of guide them towards where they can learn so it's not so intimidating awesome um i was going to ask you a little bit more as well on th things you would like to achieve with girls who hack it's obviously a fantastic organization could you tell us a bit more about it and then kind of what's on the to-do list for, for you and your organization there um, so I think the biggest goal I have in mind as of now is I'm forming and creating classes around Girl Scouts because the Girl Scouts have like I think two cybersecurity themed merit badges so getting in contact with different um, scout groups around where I live and all around uh, the US hopefully I can come do the class not only teach like whatever it takes to get that merit badge, but also more on cybersecurity because it's already awesome. a girl group that where everyone already like yeah. supports each other, knows each other. So it's a good mm. foreground for my class. That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't realize they had cybersecurity badges. Yeah, it's good. It's like cool. not just selling cookies and friendship <laughs> bracelets at this point. But yeah. Thin Mints are the best. Oh, agreed. Have you ever put them in the freezer? The freezer. And then eat that? They yes. have to go in the I, freezer. I don't, I've never experienced yeah, I mean, what's seriously. a Thin Mint. Uh, this, is, this is new to me. I'm, I'm breaking ground here. What, what nice. am I missing out on? It's like a minty chocolate biscuit. Uh -huh. Biscuit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like oh. a chocolate mint biscuit dipped in chocolate, and it's best when it's like cold because it's yeah. like refreshing right. but chocolatey at the same time. It's just perfection. So it's like an after eight plus. Do you have after eights here? After eight? After eight? No, <laughs> I've never this had is the pleasure. Sound super British. It's like, yeah. do you have an after eight? No. <laughs> So an after eight is like uh, mint fondant dipped in dark chocolate, but it sounds like it's that plus biscuit. There's yeah. biscuit in there for oh, sure. Oh gosh, yeah. I'm definitely missing out. That, that sounds like crack. Cookies. Are we talking about cookies yeah, still? Oh, okay, will. okay. Yeah. I, I'm definitely missing on the, uh, the cookie crack. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll steer away from that slightly. Um, another great thing I wanted to kind of ask you about is how do you think your approach to risk-taking has changed from being so immersed in an environment or, or technology or, or I guess space where it uh, allows you to make mistakes and it allows you to try different things. Um, do you think you're more 
like com or comfortable in working with ambiguous situations or how have things changed for you? I have a lot of mentors within this field and I find mentors and people who aren't necessarily my mentors, like all of you guys even inspire me and stuff. But what I love is going to like a CTF um, at DEF CON or any other conference and then you'll see like a, a, a team of people or just like one person working on their laptop and if I'm doing the same CTF sometimes I'll like sit down by someone and like hey can we work on this together? Hey what are you working on? What's that on your laptop? And sometimes of course it's the people like I'm trying to hack the government here, go away kid. But a lot of the times it's like, hey, I'm working on this, this, this. You wanna see how this works? And then um, they just like teach me. And I remember once I met a guy, it was forever ago, don't even remember his name. But I asked like, hey, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's Wireshark. And I'm like, ooh, what's Wireshark? And he's like, oh, come with me. And then we went off to a room and, okay, this sounds creepy, but no, my yeah. dad was there. And he brought me off to his room and brought his laptop out. And he's like, okay, so we're going to do this. And then uh, this, this, this. And we spent like three hours talking about how Wireshark works and what packets are, etc. And then that sort of inspired me to do a talk on it at Roots at DEF CON. Um, called it Packetmon. It was a spin on okay. like Pokemon, but instead of capturing Pokemon, you're capturing packets. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was clever. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. To generally answer that question, it's just all the people there to support me while I'm um, going through this. Because it can be so frustrating, especially with like programming and stuff, error after error, and you're like, I tried to fix my code and there's like 10 extra errors after I fixed it. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, now, now just chat GPT, right? So, solves all okay. Okay, no, problems. Good to go. Thompson. That is different. How do you think I graduated so fast? <laughs> how about you, Mark? How, how have your kind of views on change and, I guess, adaptability shifted over time? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, I don't know, maybe it's like cliche or whatever to say, but I think you like always have to be taking risks at some level and trying, trying new things. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, change in the sense of uh, all the things that change with kind of like, you know, getting older and business and all that. But I mean, um, I mean, even if you think of like the conference we're at right now, like we have like a bunch of new stuff that we're announcing that like seems to be in the right vein of things, but like, it's not like there's some defined like product space of what we're trying to do. We're trying to do something totally new and that's like risky in and of itself. But I think like with, with security, right, it's, it's, um, it's unlike like most uh, fields in the sense that like perfectly fine if you're working in like accounting or whatever else that you're doing, uh, but there's not like somebody that's like actively trying to work against you in a way that like in security there is. And so I think, uh, you know, as I was saying with like um, the, the creativity that comes from hacking, it's like that is the driver like behind security and how things are always evolving, right? And so I think too many times people particularly like you know, in, in our kind of business of what we focus on, they're just like waiting constantly to like mm. react, right? Like a problem becomes bad enough that you try to develop some solution and and uh, trying to pick and choose like what the future might be is uh, I think like a um, can be a hard and risky thing. And a lot of businesses tend to be risk averse. Doesn't always help like a business to be uh, risk taking in that way. Um, but I think it's fundamentally important to like what we're trying to do. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. How about you, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I think being iterative is super important. We talk about that all the time as well. Like, rather than just kind of sitting still and waiting for that thing to, to, to um, you know, that other shoe to drop, it's just taking iterative steps forward and uh, really testing and learning and, and failing uh, and then learning from that failure, I think, 
um, like as I get older, that's the thing that I get more and more comfortable with is just the ability to understand, hey, you know, you can you can make mistakes, uh, but as long as you're learning from them and pushing it forward, then that's going to get you to a spot where where ultimately you uh, you want to be that outcome that you're trying to get to. Do you mind if I ask the next question? No, too? please do. Okay. Please do. Save me some uh, save me some time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, what's the biggest risk you guys have taken, like whether within your field or within your own life, that turned out whether it's like a horrible thing that happened, but big lesson or something that's like I'm glad I took that risk. It really launched me forward. Ooh, spicy. Good question. Uh, that question. is a great question. Do you want a job as a podcast host? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll take you your job. Add, uh, you can Carl, I'm sorry, but we have a new host. host. We've got a new host. She's way cooler. Um, yeah, do you know what? For me, I would think I declined a job that on paper looked incredible. So I was really young in my career. I was about 18. And it was the opportunity to work for an AV vendor um, as a sysadmin near my house, which was quite cool as well. And... I realized it was kind of, it was cool, but I was like, is it really exactly what I want to do? Like, yeah, the direction every, you want to go in. Is it the direction I want to go in? And I asked a question in the interview, which was like, what, what training am I going to get? I, I'm early in my career. I'm young. What, what am I going to benefit from joining here? And the only answer was like, we've got some cool systems. And I, I was sort of like, well, are you going to send me on anything structured? What projects are you going to work on that are going to be stimulating to me? And there wasn't an answer to the question. I was like, well... On paper, this looks like a fantastic opportunity, but for me, I don't think it is. And for years, I looked back, staying in the job I was in, thinking, gosh, I probably should have took that job because they're a really cool vendor. Like, they've got a good brand, like, we'll, we'll stick with it. But actually, I don't think I'd have ever got to where I am today or had the same level of interest in cybersecurity if I took it because they were very much a sysadmin-heavy company, not a security-focused mm. um, organization. So then I ended up joining a different AV vendor in the local area, and it was much more geared towards how do you protect this organization? How do you lock things down? How do you provide good security principles and integrate with the much wider kind of business? So at the time, I really kicked myself and was like, I definitely think I fucked up and just took the wrong job and should have moved. But, but you listened to your gut. Listen to my out. gut, and it, it worked out really well. And about I think it was about eight, nine years later, I was like, I'm really glad I didn't do that. Like, I think I would be in such a different place now, and I met some great people doing what I do, so it's good fun. Yeah, for me, I think... That's a great question, by the way, Bianca. <laughs> um, for me, I think I was pretty... A few years ago, I was pretty well set in in uh, in my career and, and, and kind of uh, moving forward, and uh, I decided to call a timeout, and, and uh, yeah, these guys know this story, and I took what we call as a radical sabbatical and kind of took myself out of the workforce for a year or so. We traveled around the country in a, in a camper with my family, and uh, uh, it was a super cool time because it really gave me an opportunity to reflect on what I wanted to do. And then uh, when I came back, uh, that gave me the opportunity to, to jump into a few startups and, and uh, kind of understand you know, when you move into like actually having to get stuff done because the company is just a handful of people, that's really, really kind of a, an eye-opening approach. And then it ultimately led me back here to where I get to work with with uh, Carl and Mark every day. And uh, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> I don't tell you that enough. It's good. Uh, and and so looking back at that, it's a pretty risky thing to do to take yourself out of the mm-hmm. workforce and um, you know go hobo around for a year or so. And uh, look back on it now and I'm so glad that I did because it led me to where I am now. 
Yeah, so when you feel stuck, it's good to like take a step back and look at the big picture. Totally, totally. Do you know, that was really inspirational to see as well. Like from my side, looking at you, I was like, do you know, when I have kids, that's something I, I would really want to prioritize because I think you said to me at the time, they're only this age once. That's right. And like now I've had a kid, it's like, yeah, they are. And it goes really quickly mm-hmm. and you just don't have those opportunities. So even at the time I thought that's bold and that's really cool. Now it's like, wow, like that's the something right I would to aspire do. to do. Yeah. And yeah, really inspirational, mate. Is this a podcast you're supposed to cry on? Because Not yet. It's, it feels just, like it's Yeah, I'm getting this. <laughs> Quick, change the subject. Mark, yes. talk about something boring. Come on. Uh, no. <laughs> so I, I've taken a, a bunch of risks or uh, as I like to call, I've had like a bunch of like dumb things that I've done that haven't always like panned out <laughs> in some in some way. But um, uh, no, I mean, I think... I think maybe if there's like two, so I think like uh, professionally, um, like early in my career, I was like focused on like vulnerability research, uh, Mm. the the whole vulnerability management kind of um, space. And um, there was uh, early on uh, at the time, a small company later became a a very large company called FireEye. And so I was working in the kind of vulnerability space. They were very focused on like the kind of catch the hacker, discover malware and the network and stuff. And um, it, it was actually uh, uh, somebody that I like to consider a friend, a guy by the name of uh, Dan Gear, that had kind of like pushed me as kind of like a mentor into like, no, you should go try to try to solve something in this malware space, even though it's a different field. Um, he kind of pushed me on this belief that like when you start merging like different adjacencies of disciplines, kind of like in science, uh, that cool things can happen. And uh, so it was definitely like a risk to kind of get into like a whole different area of security that like I hadn't done, and it was like not just something I was gonna like research, but like, you know, say, hey, this is like this new career trajectory, didn't know what it was gonna be. Uh, and, it, and it worked out in an awesome way because it just brought like a different type of, of thinking to it. Um, and then of course, like on the, on the personal side, I think the, the one I always would, would, would give is like, you know, if anybody knows my backstory, I think it was on first episode first of this episode, podcast. I think, yeah. um, but I mean, I, you know, took the, the, the crazy risk of like, you know, growing up in a, uh, let's say, turbulent home life as a, as a teenager you know I, I essentially got on a one-way Greyhound bus when I was 15 or 16 to Florida to escape uh, a, a not good home life that kind of be, had become uh, untenable in its own way and uh, I had some hacker friends and basically kind of just took a took a bus ended up uh, on the opposite coast I was living in California at the time ended up in uh, Florida and I had no idea how that was going to work out. And I, I think that was kind of like the um, the start in some way of my life as I know it of like just making that kind of radical decision to kind of like take control of things for myself and try to bring some balance to it. And, um, you know, I, I, I uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy to be talking to somebody like you and to be uh, reflecting. And when I think about like telling this story of like who I was then as a as a teenager and where I was coming to be somebody that's like a dad now it's like a three-year-old and married and all this stuff like that didn't seem in the cards and uh uh just to bring it full circle yeah i find it extremely inspiring like everything that you do and everything that you're saying and uh yeah well there was a question i was going to ask um ask you bianca which is if you got rid of all of your responsibilities and commitments which sounds like a big part of that will happen when you graduate <laughs> what, what are the things that are you going to make sure you add into your life in that situation, what what are the things you're going to continue with that you're really passionate about? Like my personal life or my tech life? Uh, well, either you feel comfortable. <laughs> or they're they're like, te- tech life is probably better, but um, what, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Oh, well, um, before I go to college, since I am only 16 and about to graduate, I don't 
I want to take like a gap year. I don't want to go to college when I'm 16. I want to wait till I'm like 17, 18, because mm -hmm. it's just kind of jumping in the deep end is kind of scary. And especially since I want to study abroad, okay. um, I don't want to like move out of the house and stuff when I'm 16 and don't even have my driver's license yet. <laughs> um, my biggest thing I want to do is start taking like community college classes and courses on cyber. And you sort of touched on this, but cyber is such a wide field. Yeah. And it's kind of scary to like start in a whole new part of it. You have the blue team, the red team, yeah. like and everything in between. So just building my knowledge up because cool. I can't really talk and teach anyone on something that I don't even know about myself. Yeah. Mm. As for my personal life, um, I'd like to think I'm an extrovert. Um, <laughs> no. Maybe that's just because I <laughs> love talking. <laughs> um, you an extrovert? No way. But um, I know I have a lot of different hobbies and stuff I want to keep pursuing. I mean, I do fencing, which is kind of a random that's sport. Awesome. Um, archery. Um, I'm really into acting. I've been in theater my whole life, and I've been in numerous plays and sadly musicals, which can get annoying. <laughs> but just um, expanding my knowledge on everything I can because I can't really teach on something I don't know. Do you think um, being involved in a theater will help you with social engineering? Oh, definitely. <laughs> we do so much improv. Thinking on the spot is so intimidating sometimes. But I remember once... <laughs> This is kind of evil, but I was with uh, one of my friends, um, and we were at dinner with my dad and her dad, and uh, I was using my improv skills and I guess a bit of social engineering to convince him I had a brother who lived in Europe, Brilliant. even though that family, like um, her and her dad, have known us our like entire life since I was a little baby and we fully convinced him for quite a while like oh yeah and that's why my mom is in Europe right now is to go visit my brother and he's like in his 20s you don't remember any of this <laughs> now so was it, dad in on this or were you doing this all dad on just kind of sat back on his phone like I'm gonna mess this up if I'm <laughs> but he the poor guy was so confused the whole time and I'm like yes <laughs> I've, uh, I've always been a fan of social engineering. It's been a, a bit of a passion of mine and a pet project. And I always, uh, I always want to get more involved in like a social engineering CTF. Obviously, DEF CON's quite a, mm. quite a way to go for me. But have you, have you guys ever sat in on that? Have you? I been, have sat in on yeah? that, yeah. You want to tell us a bit more, Sam? Well, I, I, I think it's just a, uh, a super cool kind of event that they do where they literally stick somebody in a booth and uh, have them dial into to various companies and they've got objectives that they're trying to hit and uh, uh, can make it uh, you know as far as they can and and then they get judged on it and and in so many cases it's amazing how uh, you can just call up and and tell a story you know maybe uh, maybe not a brother in, an, in another country uh, or, or something like that <laughs> but um, and then to see them like make the headway that they can make and uh, it's, it's it's such a fun event to go and see Yes, a uh, question for the whole panel. Um, have you ever seen any quite amusing or bizarre social engineering attempts or heard of any that you want to share on the, on the podcast? Ooh, I have one if I can go first. Go. So I don't know if you guys you may have heard of him, Jason E Street. Yes, yep, podcast yep, guest. Yep. He's uh, been on. Legend. Been on. Okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I know. I love hearing his uh, like social engineering stories and things. I remember one of them, my favorite one he did. He had to like go and pen test a bank. Uh, he went in the wrong bank. He went in the one across <laughs> the street. He. he, he got everything there he went out and then he had to deal with the whole like lawyers and that whole situation and he's oh, like gosh. well i didn't know which bank i had to get into 
to. They're right across the street from each other. So it's just crazy to see, like, he just kind of gets on a plane. Someone tells him, okay, go there and go hack them. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and just ends up yeah, hacking the, the wrong thing. <laughs> Just needs a ladder and he's good to go. Yeah, and a, a big stripy bag, yeah, right. and like or... a balaclava. He'll be fine. So, um, when I, when I was teenager, I was like super into um, uh, phone freaking and stuff like mm. early on. And um, so one of the things we always wanted to do was get inside like the local central office where there was like the main like switching computer for all phone lines and everything like that. And um, particularly where I lived, there was. Uh, I'm hoping I'm not gonna butcher stuff because i am actually that old now um <laughs> but uh there was a 1a ess um uh switch and we really wanted to look at it and i remember uh me and my friend we just uh um went knocked on the door i made up something about like my dad was like a lineman like working for the phone company all this stuff and this is all like going way back like kind of pre 9 11 pre a lot of things uh, uh especially here in the u.s and so uh, they happily like invited us in and just started giving us a tour. And so like me and my friend were trying to memorize everything. And it was like really bad out of a movie with like passwords written down on like sheets on because they oh, never had people geez. coming into these things. Bright I'll pink leave, sticky yeah, notes. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. <laughs> so I'll leave the story at that. But it was good times. <laughs> I've got a, a question for you, Sam. Go. So we, we heard a lot from Bianca earlier about the importance of having mentors in, in growth and development. Who is somebody that first believed in you, and what would you say to them now? Oh, Dude, we're going deep. That is we're going super, super. Go. Here's, here's a really here's soft here's question, he, uh, Sam. He's trying to threaten by your question, and now yeah. he's trying to, you know, he's trying to be a topper. Yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a guy called John Nee that is like a long time uh, product manager. He guy came up through Deck, and then through uh, HP and Compaq, and I eventually met him at a at a, a kind of the first software company that I started working at. And uh, he just kind of uh, recognized something in me. Uh, you know, I was way young. I was probably like 26 at the time. And uh, just was always so encouraging and, and kind of teaching me the ways of both business and, and product management and tech. And uh, I'll just kind of forever be in his debt for that. And I've had a whole series of mentors that are hugely important to me as well. Uh, great people, great leaders. Uh, these fellas here sitting at this table as well. And um, yeah, so yeah. That's my guy, Johnny. Oh, thanks, Sam. Bianca, have you had any great mentors or have you been a mentor for somebody else through your, your Girls Who Hack program? And she's, I, I guess I, um, well, no one ever tells you like, hey, you're my mentor, at least not usually, <laughs> but I'd like to think I've mentored some people um, in the cyber field. As for my own mentors, I could literally sit here all day talking about everyone, like as if I'm at the Golden Globes, like, and I'd like <laughs> to thank my mom and my dad and blah, blah. <laughs> Um, dad was obviously one of my uh, biggest mentors, though I would never admit that to his face. <laughs> um, another big one I'd love to talk about that I've known for like quite a while now is uh, Lady Ada from Adafruit Industries. Mm -hmm. um, and she's an amazing person. I've met her at Hope like forever ago. And our thing is every single Hope, we take photos together and we switch sides. <laughs> um, that's usually what my profile picture is on Twitter and stuff. Follow me at BSI Lab. Uh, <laughs> a little self-insert there. But um, 
I don't know, she invited me once to her office in New York to like show the behind the scenes of how everything's manufactured and has given me some advice and stuff. And she's like, if you ever have any questions, reach out. And I'm like, I will be reaching out like every other <laughs> week. Thank you very much. That's so awesome. she was definitely one of the biggest inspirations and the reason I had pink hair for a long time. Oh, <laughs> I like it. How about you, Carl? As a mentor or a mentee? Either. So I learned a lot from mentoring a woman, which I had never done before. And it sounds strange to be like, oh, wow, it's this big revolutionary thing. But what I didn't really understand is the difference in their experience of life compared to me. And it was at that point I was like, oh, that's a thing called privilege. Right. I, I understand that a bit more now. Mm. And so that was a big eye opener for me. And I remember having a conversation with her and I was like, hey, this is pre-pandemic, right? So video calling was weird AF, but it was like, why don't you just video call the guy, like have a chat with him. And like, I find it really easy to make a connection that way. Maybe it will work for you. Like we were talking about a particularly like difficult relationship. And I spoke to her the week later and she was just like, yeah, I tried that and it got really creepy. I was like, what? Like, yeah, it got really creepy. I was like, oh yeah, people don't like hit on me on a call because I'm like this massive bearded dude, right? That's different. And it was those small things, I say small things, they were quite big things, but I didn't appreciate how different it is for mm. other people. So that was huge to have her as a mentee. And I think I learned more from her than she actually learned from me. And she's just a, a fantastic individual. So I won't out her because of that conversation, but yeah, she's been incredible for me. Um, also like inspirational leaders here where I do work at Beyond Trust over the last eight years. Um, had some fantastic support from the leadership team, but just good role models. Like I remember talking to my boss at the time is a, a chap called Boatner and uh, I was kind of like that hot-headed chi like child basically of, well, why can't we do this now? I wanna run, I wanna run. And Sam's laughing because he knows this, right? And he, he was just sort of like, well, well, take a beat, like chill. Like here's how you would kind of articulate that conversation. And it doesn't become a p point of frustration. And we spent a lot of time on like, how do I translate a good idea into business speak? And he, he was really, really helpful and influential to me as well to kind of get my voice out there in a way that was constructive for everybody. I got a random question to kind of cap things off with, which I think it's, it's really easy in, in this field to kind of get overwhelmed. And a lot of people struggle with that. So I was going to ask, what's your favorite way to find calm? Like in, in the hectic day to day, like I'm doing a CTF, I'm doing a pen test, I'm asking these questions, I'm developing curriculum for Girl Scouts. Like how do you find calm to just kind of center yourself again? Ooh, geez, can I go first? Or yeah. Okay, I can Please. go first. This one is like a sort of a specific solution to that problem, mm. uh, focusing more on conferences now that more and more conferences are happening, more and more people. Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned going to DEF CON for the last few years, uh, minus the online one, is that all the talks are recorded. And at a lot of conferences, the talks are recorded. Unless you specifically want to see the talk and meet the speaker of the talk, then uh, skip the talk, you can watch it later. Go do the experiences you can't do any other time. Like, go join the CTFs, go try the puzzles, go try the challenges, go see what you want to see that can't be, like, done or replicated again. Do you think the, um, well, I'll, I'll, maybe this is a bit of my kind of self-confidence coming out, so I always felt quite intimidated approaching a CTF 
So I'm like, no way am I going to be good enough to do that with like these people. Did, did you find that when you first got into them? And did you kind of work through that? Or how did you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, I guess, is a question. Oh, geez. CTFs have always been scary for me because they cover a bunch of different things. I prefer like web site hacking sort of CTFs, but I've done some like programming ones before mm. where I'm like, oh, what, what's this? I don't know. C, I'm sorry. But um, having friends and partners or just meeting someone at the conference because you're all nerds there. You're all like within this field. Everyone wants to meet everyone. Don't like be shy to just go up to someone and be like, hey, I like that badge. Where'd you get it? You know, just spark up conversations because almost everyone you'll meet is just as shy and introverted as you. Um, and getting a partner to do the CTF with is definitely very important because they may work in a different side of your field or even in the same side and you're both in the same boat. Mm. But if there's a puzzle to tackle, you can like brainstorm together instead of being like, I'm the only one here, I don't know what I'm doing, sort of thing. Awesome. How about, how about you guys? Like, we started with the question on how do you find calm with the chaos? Like, how do you look after yourself? I think it's important to get outside take your shoes off walk around in the grass kind of a Grounding. thing yeah definitely <laughs> like especially staring at your computer all day long and yeah the hunchback hunch hunch yeah right. like, me too. uh standing desk helps i definitely would recommend <laughs> recommend that but like just definitely finding time to take breaks and um and yoga. just get outside yoga <laughs> ride the bike something mm. uh that's that's uh just gives your give you a chance to kind of drift around and, and, and examine your thoughts, I think is super important. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's been different things like over the years. I think like probably most most recently in the last, I don't know, five years or, or 10 years maybe, I guess, the last little while um, was, was kind of similar, but like going backpacking. Like I just mm. love going backpacking and like being totally disconnected and realizing like it is all, you know, kind of virtual, it is all made up in some sense, right? And you just kind of get back to some basics at some level. Um, I always find that really good, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, uh, for me is just trying to, I, I've said this before, but like try to just be honest with the person I see in the mirror every morning of like, kind of, what am I doing? What makes me happy? What, what, you know, am I challenging myself enough? And, um, just that, that ability to, um, self-reflect at like some level, right. And just be kind of like open and honest with like yourself, right. Like more than anything. And as, you know, as far as the what what brings you happiness or calm i think it's different for everybody right mm -hmm. but i think it's 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 hard to do any of that if you kind of can't uh, be in touch and kind of you know honest with yourself in the first place yeah cool. just like follow your hobbies and such that you're interested yeah. in outside of cyber so like yeah i don't know it's it's different for adults and stuff but like doing a sport or like painting or cooking and I don't know. I like, I'm a very organizational person. I love to-do lists. I love organizing everything. Every app on my phone is color uh, coordinated, just like my closet, like everything I have. Um, like, <laughs> I'm be on, so organized. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like on the verge of OCD here. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when it comes to cyber things and everything that you have going on, it's like sometimes your mind goes everywhere. Like, I want to work on this project and this project and this project. Just having like... I know my dad does this, but he has like a collection of like 50 million moleskin journals. Just get yourself um, a moleskin and write down all of these project ideas and stuff uh, rather than just having everything in your phone because that's just connected to tech as well. But like just having a journal with everything like, hey, I want to work on this project. And to complete this project, I have these goals, little checklists and just putting your thoughts on paper before you forget them a minute later. And you're like, what was I thinking about? <laughs> 
before the next distraction pops in and uh-huh, you completely yeah. forget. Ooh, notification. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, we're kind of coming up to the end of our time for this episode. And it's been fantastic to have you here. Is there anything else I probably should have asked you and forgot to because I got distracted with cool stuff? Or is there anything else you'd like to kind of put out there through Alice and Bob? Ooh, geez. You guys first. <laughs> yeah, you go, Mark. You go, Mark. You start um, that end and we go back. Yeah, I just think what I was saying uh, about you earlier is that you're, you're super inspiring. And I, I, I think part of that is because um, uh, you, you're always creating, right? And I mm. think especially that's one of the things you can kind of lose as you get older. There's uh, a ton of noise in the world. There's a million and one people that want to tell you what to think, what to be, all these sort of things. And uh, I, th- I think at some point you just have to you have to create, right? And you got to kind of block all that other stuff out and go out there and like do stuff. You can talk about it to death and everything else, but just just create and and, and build things. Push in yourself the world. out of your comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. Mm. So go do that. But then also don't listen to me because I just said don't listen to people like me. Just do your own thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd put in a I'd put in a plug just in in closing it up to to go listen to the other podcast that Bianca's on that, that she did with Alice and Bob is a great uh great chat and uh you know I think mm-hmm. you're 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 on the right track for for such a youthful person just super impressive uh as to your approach and uh, I think you're probably inspiring to a lot of kids as well so keep it up and I look forward to when you uh when you're this guy's age and uh, the <laughs> yeah. things that you have done in your career, I think will be pretty special. Then I'll look back on it and be like, where did my hair go to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do I, have one last thing I want to close off with. Yeah, and we're about to get philosophical again here, people. And I'm probably going to butcher a lot of this, but the general concept is there. It's an old Chinese parable okay. um, comparing like heaven and hell, not like in a religious way, but just in a metaphorical way. But it's like, Hell is where everyone is sitting at a long table and they have long, long chopsticks and they're trying to get the food off the table, but the chopsticks are so long, they can't like bring the food to their mouths. But heaven is the same table, same people, same chopsticks, but they're all feeding each other because they're long enough to reach across the table. Mm -hmm. So the whole point of that is like, if you can't figure something out yourself or if you can't like do something on your own it's okay to ask for help because we were put on this planet to work together and grow together i don't think you could ever top a finish to a podcast like that that's incredible (laughs) and it it just goes to show just how much of an inspiration you are to a whole generation of people let alone your age but also our age i feel like i've learned so much from you across this episode so thank you so much thank you that's a beautiful message awesome well thanks everyone Thanks for listening to this episode of The Adventures of Alice and Bob, sponsored by Optive Security. While we're sad Go Beyond has ended, our mission to secure the connected world never stops. To learn more about Optive Security, visit our website at optive.com and follow us on social media. Take care, stay safe, and tune in to next month's episode. <laughs> <laughs>